Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Inspired by the Word Global Times of Devotional. Right now, we're going to be praying in tongues for 15 minutes. From the scripture, 1 Timothy 2, from verse 1 to 4, it says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God and Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Praise the Lord. Right now we're going to be praying for kings and for all that are in authority. We're going to be praying, weaponizing our prayers, declaring that they function with wisdom and truth and not with foolishness and deception. Praise God. Let's go ahead and pray in other tongues now for all leaders everywhere, using different cities, nations, and countries where we reside and the ones that we have observed things happening in the recent times. Let's go ahead. Can you unmute yourself and pray in other tongues? Malaga <laughs> Lagabaya <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, glory, glory, glory to God. Lord, you are good and you are kind. Hallelujah. You have the heart of kings in your hands. You made the earth and every one that is in it for your good will, for your pleasure, oh God. Lord, we thank you, oh God, for the leaders of the nations. And every leader in every category, in every tier of government, in every industry. We pray and declare, oh God, that they function in wisdom and the truth of God. That no more will they be deceived. No more will they act foolishly in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, yes, we cut down the God of this world, oh God, that has blinded your eyes. For your desire is that all men, hallelujah, should come, oh God, to your knowledge, oh God, and understanding, oh God. Lord, we thank you, oh God. Leaders in every strata, leader in every in every environment, they are no more deceived, hallelujah. They are no more deceived. And everyone, oh God, that is associated with them, oh God, that keeps them away from hearing the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, from knowing the truth. That keeps on manipulating them, oh God. We cut that one off. We cut that one off in the name of our Lord Jesus. Truth reigns in their heart. Wisdom reigns in their heart, oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh Lord, we thank you. We exalt your holy name, oh God. We praise you, oh God. Lord, you are good. You are 
are faithful, hallelujah. Your mercies endure forever. The earth is filled with your goodness, hallelujah. And we are partakers and dispensers of that goodness upon the earth. In the name of our Lord Jesus, thank you, precious Father. You are an amazing God. We love and exalt your holy name, O God. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory, 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 glory. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Inspired by the Word Times of Devotional. And today is going to be another exciting time in the presence of God where we'll be inspired by God's word to take action immediately. Praise God. And we'll definitely see miracles, signs, and wonders. Hallelujah. Thank you, esteemed Amarak, for this opportunity to lead us in prayers again today. Praise God. Right now, I hand over um, to Brother Martins to take the Rhapsody of Realities. Over to you, Brother Martins. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm for this um, great opportunity to take today's um, devotional. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. Depending on where you're connected from around the world. Uh, today's devotional. Pastor is saying to us, examine what you hear. Praise the Lord. And the key text is taken from 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, message translation. It says, my dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. There are a lot of lying preachers. There are a lot of lying preachers loose in the world. Praise the Lord. There are those who quote Romans chapter 13, verse 1. And as you praise the Lord, can you hear me? I need to be sure you can hear me. Yes, yes, we can. Hello. Yes, we can hear you. We can hear you, sir. Okay. There are those who quote Romans 13, verse 1, and assume they should do whatever they are told to do. As long as they are given such instructions in a person of authority. As long as they are the ones giving such instruction, as long as the one giving such instructions is a person of authority. They would say he's a renowned leader. Therefore, he must be speaking the truth. But that's not how it works. First, let's review the scripture properly. He says, let everyone, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Romans 13, verse 1. Our opening verse tells us to test the spirits. That's what you don't just run with. 
That's why you don't just run with or do whatever you are told to do. You are told by just anybody. Examine where the authority is coming from. It could be from Satan. So, you have to be careful. The pastor is telling us here, he says, you have to be careful from who you hear what you hear. From who you hear what you are told to do at a particular time. He goes on to say, God can choose a leader, and the leader can go rogue against God. The scripture is replete with examples of those that went against God. Even though they were chosen of God. Let's take the story of King Saul as a case study. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 15, Samuel the prophet gave every def, gave de, very definite instruction to the king Saul. He was to go to war against Amalek and destroy everything connected to them with no exceptions. He was to destroy everything. Praise the Lord. Samuel and Saul went out as instructed and had the victory. He utterly destroyed all that was despised and worthless, but spared what he deemed choice and valuable. Not only did he spare Agag the king, he also spared the best of the sheep and oxen and all that was good. What was God's response? He said to Samuel the prophet, I regret making Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commands. What a testimony. What a testimony that God the Almighty, that the creator of the universe, would regret doing good for you. I regret an action he took in your favor. You can imagine God saying, I regret making Saul king. And you know, in the world today, the same thing happens everywhere. When you see people who have been praying for certain financial upliftment, for certain position of authority, for you know whatever they want. But on getting there, on having that financial capacity, on occupying that position of authority, they tend to turn against God and God's people. They become more wicked. You know, Pastor Wallace Tennyson, he said, money amplifies the character of a man. You can imagine Saul. There's also a part of the Bible where, where the, the, it, is, it, is, it is said that only the prophet is supposed to offer certain oblation before they go out to war. The same Saul waited and waited. And in fact, he said he was tired of waiting for, for Samuel. He went ahead to offer the sacrifice. Praise the Lord. This shows that not every leader listens to God or wants to do what is right. 
So therefore, subject all things to the light of God's word. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21 says, Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Just because you felt good about what someone of authority told you doesn't mean it was from God. Always remember that God's word is the supreme authority by which we judge all things. Also, to the leaders, it is important to listen to God. Find out what he wants and do his will. Refuse to compromise like the whole world today. Even leaders of the church, even several leaders around the world have compromised to the world standards, to what they are told to do as against what God wants. And the funny thing is they don't even care. You see a leader of a church joining protests, protesting against government, coming out in the public, you see the leader of a church making mockery of a fellow church leader. And you'll be wondering, who trained him? Who sent him? Whose authority is he saying these things? I remember a certain time I was watching a message. Oh, I had to switch off that message. For the first 10 minutes of this man's preaching, he was just talking about another pastor. He was just saying it, and his brethren were clapping. And I was just wondering, was this really the message God sent him to preach to his brethren? Pastor said, examine your policies and be sure they are good for God and for people. The policies, the things you say and do, are they good for God and for people? Praise God. Those things that your actions, you know, um, I, I have this friend, very wonderful friend of mine, you know, um, she started up working in an organization. And when she started working, every day she would call me, Brother Martins, she would complain about what this one, complain about what this one did to her, complain, complain, complain. Yet she stayed in that organization. She kept on continuing, you know, until she was promoted, promoted, and then she became a supervisor, then... Um, an assistant manager, something like that. And, oh boy, everybody still complaining about her. Everybody still complaining. She was so cruel. She's so this, she's so that, she's so hard. Pastor is saying to you, examine your policies and be sure they are good for God and for people. Especially those under you. Examine your policies. Praise the Lord. It's really very important. Really very important. Who do you listen to? Who do you hear from? Who are those people that you, you revere? Do you think? In fact, when you, when you hear from them, there are some things, there are some, there are some words you will hear that will shake your spirit and you will know that this one is not from God. You will know. You will know. We all have descending spirits, except you decide not to use it. We all have. And this descending spirit has been poured out to us to use. You must use it because it's important. There are no excuses. When, this, when, when someone says something, when you hear something, when you listen to something, you will know. You will know this is not of God. And Pastor Azulis told us, anytime you hear a message that criticizes the man of God, it's not from God. 
except and only when the man of God is speaking directly to the other man of God. And when they are speaking, we are not supposed to hear it. Praise the Lord. At this moment, I would like to hand over to the esteemed Sister Joy to take the further study and the prayer. Thank you so much, Sister Amarak, the esteemed Amarak, for this great opportunity. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Good morning, esteemed Sister Amarak. Good morning, everyone. Um, thank you so much, Ma, for this opportunity. And i also like to say thank you to everyone for celebrating me yesterday. Thank you so much. Um, so we're reading from Matthew 7, 15 to 16. It says, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? And 2 Corinthians 11, 3, 13 to 15, it says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Praise God. Um, right now, we're going to be taking the prayers. You don't have to unmute your mic. You could just take it along with me or after me with your mic muted. The prayer is displayed on the screen. Dear Father, I consciously weigh every instruction against the truth of the word irrespective of who gives it. Mm. I refuse to go contrary to your word, which gives life, light, direction, and purpose to me. My steps are ordered by you through the word and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for the, this opportunity. And right now, I'd like to hand over to Brother Z as he takes us through the New Testament reading for the one-year Bible plan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depends on where you're connecting from. Thank you so much, Sister Maka, for this opportunity. So we've been reading the book of Mark, and um, we've been reading... Um, the story of Jesus in the message translation. And don't you love Jesus so much, you know, walking on the streets of Galilee with him? Um, I, when I read through this, I just see myself walking around with him. And it's significant to know that, you know, Jesus is the expression of God. You know, before Jesus came into the picture, the prophets of old were figuring out who God is because there was so much revelation of God, some some scriptures even wrote that God did this, God did that, God takes, God kills, God brings, God gives life. But they didn't really know who God was. But God now decided to send Jesus to be a full representative of him. So as we read through this, you know, see yourself in the fullness of who God wants the true man to be, which is you. So I'm jumping into it. We're reading from verse um, 23 today. And it says... 
on Sabbath day, he was walking through a field of ripe grain. As his disciples made a path, they pulled off heads of grains. The Pharisees told on them to Jesus, look, your disciples are breaking Sabbath rules. Jesus said, really? Haven't you ever read what David did when he was hungry, along with those who were with him, how he entered the sanctuary and ate fresh bread? How he entered the sanctuary and ate fresh bread off the altar with the chief priest, Abita, right there watching. Holy bread that no one but priests were allowed to eat and handed it out to his companions. Then Jesus said, the Sabbath was made to serve us. We weren't made to serve the Sabbath. The son of man is no lucky to the Sabbath. He is in charge. And, and this was the revelation that God was trying to, you know, allow us to see with bringing Jesus to the picture that even though when he brought the commandments and the laws, but he has really given man dominion over all things. And Jesus was coming here into the picture to represent that and to show that to the Pharisees and all those that were existing. The caption, Mark chapter three, doing good on the Sabbath. Verse one says, then he went back in the meeting place where he found a man with a crippled hand. The Pharisees had their eyes on Jesus to see if he would heal him, hoping to catch him in a Sabbath infraction. He said to the man with the crippled hand, stand here where we can see you. Then he spoke to the people. What kind of action suits the Sabbath best? Doing good or doing evil? Helping people or leaving them helpless? No one said a word. He looked them in the eyes, one after another, angry now, furious at their hard-nosed religion. He said to, his man, to the man, hold out your hand. He held it out. It was as good as new. The Pharisees got out as fast as they could, sputtering about how they would join forces with Herod's followers and ruin him. You know, God is so much a God of grace. In the midst of the Sabbath, when you're not supposed to do anything according to the laws, Jesus is healing the sick. He's doing things that are pleasing to the Father based on grace, based on mercy. And that's how we operate because he's the express image of the Father. The, will I say, the most progressive revelation of what God has done or God's manifestation on the earth. The caption, the 12 apostles, verse 7, Jesus went off with his disciples to the sea to get away. But a huge crowd from Galilee trailed after them, also from Judah, Jerusalem, Idumea, across the Jordan, and around Tyre and Sidon, swarms of people who had had the reports and had come to see for themselves. He told his disciples to get a boat ready so he wouldn't be trampled by the crowd. He had healed many people, and now everyone had something wrong, who had something wrong was pushing and shoving to get near and touch him. Evil spirits, when they recognized him, fell down and cried out. You are the son of God, but Jesus would have none of it. He shut them up, forbidding them to identify him in public. May the Lord bless this reading in Jesus' name. So as we go out, we walk in the fullness of, of who God has made us, the new man, which is the man that has the spirit of God, which is the man of grace, which is the man that knows God as a God of mercy and a God of grace, not the God of law and a God of death and a God of destruction, but a God of love. 
So let's work with that light as we go out today. God bless you very much. And I'll hand over to Brother John at this time to take the Old Testament. Thank you so much, Brother Z. It was beautiful. Okay, now we move to Leviticus chapter 11. Sorry. Um, I'd like to say thank you to Esther Mamara for this opportunity. So now let's talk about foods. Um, the caption is foods. So uh, from verse 1, God spoke to Moses and Aaron, speak to the people of Israel, tell them of all the animals on earth, these are the animals that you may eat. You may eat any animal that has a split hoof divided in two, and that chews the cord, but not an animal that only chews the cord or only has a split hoof. Okay. For instance, the camel chews the cord but does not have a split hoof, so it is unclean. The rock badger chews the cord but doesn't have a split hoof, and so it is unclean. The rabbit chews the cord but doesn't have a split hoof, so it is unclean. The pig has a split hoof divided in two but doesn't chew the cord, and so it is unclean. You may not eat their meat nor touch their carcasses. They are unclean to you. Verse 9. Among the creatures that live in the water of the seas and streams, you may eat any that have fins and scales, but anything that doesn't have fins and scales, whether in seas or streams, whether small creatures in the shallows or huge creatures in the deeps, you are yet to detest. Sorry, you are to detest. Yes, detest them. Don't eat their meat. Detest their carcasses. Anything living in the water that doesn't have fins and scales is detestable to you. Verse 13, these are the birds you are to detest. Don't eat them. They are detestable. Eagle, vulture, osprey, kites, all falcons, all ravens, ostrich, night hawk, seagull, all hawks, all cormorant, ibis, water hen, pelican, Egyptian vulture, stock, all herons. Hoopo, bats. Wow. At least now we know so many types of um, birds. Okay, verse 20. All flying insects that walk on all fours are detestable to you, but you can eat some of these, namely those that have jointed legs for hopping on the ground. All locusts, cats, Carry deeds, crickets, and grass okay, and grasshoppers, but all the other flying insects that have four legs, you are to detest. Verse 24. You will make yourselves ritually unclean until evening if you touch their carcasses. If you pick up one of their carcasses, sorry, you must wash your clothes and you'll be unclean until evening. Every animal that has a split hoof that is not completely divided or that doesn't chew the cord is unclean for you. If you touch the carcass 
of any of them, you become unclean. Every four-footed animal that goes on its paws is unclean to you. If you touch its carcass, you are unclean until evening. If you pick up its carcass, you must wash your clothes and are unclean until evening. They are unclean for you. Verse 29. Among the creatures that crawl on the ground, the following are, the following are unclean for you. Weasel, rats, all lizards, gecko, monitor lizard, wall lizard, skink, chameleon. Among the crawling creatures, these are unclean for you. If you touch them when they are dead, you are ritually unclean until evening. When one of them dies and falls on something that becomes unclean, no matter what it is used for, whether it is made of wool, cloth, hide, or sackcloth, put it in the water. It is unclean until evening, and then it is clean. If one of these dead creatures falls into a clay pot, everything in the pot is unclean, and you must break the pot. Wow. Any food that could be eaten but has water on it from such a pot is unclean, and any liquid that could be drunk from it is unclean. Anything that one of these carcasses falls on is unclean. An oven or cooking pot must be broken up. They are unclean and must be treated as unclean. A spring, though, or a system for collecting water remains unclean. But if you touch one of these carcasses, you are ritually unclean. If a carcass falls on any seeds that are to be planted, they remain unclean. But if water has been put on the seed, and a carcass falls on it, you must treat it as unclean. Verse 39, if an animal that you are permitted to eat dies, anyone who touches the carcass is ritually unclean until evening. If you eat some of these carcass, you must wash your clothes, and you are unclean until evening. If you pick up the carcass, you must wash your clothes, and are unclean until evening. Creatures that crawl on the ground are detestable and not to be eaten. Don't eat creatures that crawl on the ground, whether on their belly or, 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 or on all fours or on many feet. They are detestable. Don't make yourselves unclean or be defiled by them because I am your God. Make yourself holy for I am holy. Don't make yourself ritually unclean by any creature that crawls on the ground. I am God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Be holy because I am holy. These are the instructions on animals, birds, fish, and creatures that crawl on the ground. You have to distinguish between the ritually unclean and, and the clean, between living creatures that can be eaten and those that cannot be eaten. Okay. We move to verse 12. As we read this, all I can just say is thank you, Jesus. Because I don't know how these guys would have kept these laws. Praise the Lord. So, chapter 12, from verse 1, God spoke to Moses. Tell the people of Israel, a woman. Okay, now we're talking about child, childbirth. The caption is childbirth. So, God spoke to Moses. Tell the people of Israel, a woman who conceives and gives birth to a boy is ritually unclean for seven days. 
the same as during her menstruation. On the eighth day, circumcise the boy. The mother must stay home another 33 days for purification from her bleeding. She may not touch anything holy or enter the sanctuary until the days of her purification are complete. If she gives birth to a girl, she is unclean for 14 days, the same as during her menstruation. She must stay home for 66 days for purification from her bleeding. That's times two. Verse six, when the days for her purification for either a boy or a girl are complete, she will bring a yearling lamb for a whole bond offering and a pigeon or dove for an absolution offering to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting. He will offer it to God and make atonement for her. She is then clean from her flow of blood. These are the instructions for a woman who gives birth to either a boy or a girl. If she can't afford a lamb, she can bring two doves or two pigeons, one for the whole one's offering and one for the absolution offering. The priest will make atonement for her and she will be clean. Praise be unto God. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Um, I hand over to Thank you so much, Brother John. Thank you for um, the Bible reading. And thank you also, Brother Duzi. Hello, everybody. Um, devotion is always a time that I personally look forward to. And it's always an ex exciting time with the Lord. And, you know, as you read through the scriptures, you know, you, you see God through the, through the written pages and beyond. And when you read the devotional article per day, it's like everything changes. Like your day is set, your life is made, everything just adds up. You know, today's Rhapsody is, is one of those banging articles. And in my journey, you see a lot of people who, because I'm a leader, you know, um, I'm very careful about certain things. And through the years, I've seen how that a member is doing something that is wrong according to the scriptures solely because that instruction came from a leader, someone that they revere so much, somebody that is like a mentor figure or a pastor over them. Or, you know, the Lord would guide you through people, yes. You'll be mentored through people, yes. He would raise you through people, yes. He will bless you through people, yes. But he will never do it against his word. He will never do it outside of his word. If you establish this, brothers and sisters, you will always know when someone is giving you the wrong counsel, no matter the person's authority, spiritually, physically, politically, 
no matter the person's office in this world, you would know if this is the voice of God or if it is not. Imagine that Peter, a disciple of Jesus, at some point was talking and Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus knew at that moment that it was the devil that was speaking through Peter. If you've listened to the message of the month, one of the things that pastor emphasized again, in fact, I think he emphasizes more than the message of grace itself. He talked about being spiritually minded. And he used the example of Jesus, how that Jesus was spiritually minded in every subject matter. He even mentioned the case of Peter that I just talked about. How did he know that at that time, his, 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 his amazing, inspiring disciple, Peter, at that time had yielded his tongue to the devil and was speaking vanity? How did he know? because he was spiritually minded. Being spiritually minded, knowing the ways of the spirit, knowing the thoughts of the spirit, knowing the communications, the cogitations, the meditations of the spirit. And how do you do that? It is knowing the word. This word of God that we have before us, you must know what is inside. You must know what God says to do and what not to do. You must know the laws that Jesus has fulfilled and abolished. And you must know the instructions that have been given to you as a Christian. In our opening verse, he say, my friend, my dear friend, don't believe everything you hear. Some people wake up in the morning, they see something on social media. The next thing you've seen it on their WhatsApp status. The next thing they've reposted it. Don't believe everything you hear. That's our opening verse in Rhapsody. He said, carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. All people always examine what they tell you. Was it not Paul that was commending the Berean Christians? And he said that one of the reasons he loved them was that they always went back to check that the things that they were being taught were correct that the things they were being taught aligned with the scriptures. Are you aware that you are supposed to do that? He said, not everyone who talks about God comes from God. That's, that is just a banging statement as in, you know when you want to carry something on your head. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. Brothers and sisters, you who are always seeking prophecy, from one man of God. You who are always seeking comfort, comforting words or prophecies. You want them to see vision concerning your family, concerning your job. You who have depended your life on this so-called person that is a prophet, that sees visions, that is, a, that is in the prophetic ministry. And everything he tells you. I remember the story of a lady who, had this um, 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 so-called prophet that um, would guide her through prophecies. And to the extent that the guy prophesied that she's his wife. And she was very confused and could not sleep for days. And we're like, what is the matter? Eh, the, this prophet says, I'm his wife. He's, he says, I'm his wife. Eh, I don't know what to do. Ah. 
is the monopoly of the Holy Spirit? Is the monopoly of prophecy? Is the monopoly of the Holy Ghost? Did you know here that the Spirit of God is not the author of confusion? Do you know what it means for you to be somebody's wife? God just said, go follow this person and he will not talk to you. No, God is not like that. Now you're not his child. Are you not his child? We must all understand that in the New Testament, Jesus came to bridge the gap, the, the wall. He came to break the wall of partition. We all read from Exodus and we are still reading how that every time God wanted to talk to the children of Israel, it was only Moses escorted sometimes by, by Joshua that would go into the holies of holies. And then God would talk to Moses and Moses would come and give the people of God instruction. When the, the day that Jesus died on the cross, that, 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 that cutting, that veil that demarcated the holies of holies from the main tabernacle, he said he rent into two, signifying that the way is now open, that you and I can enter the holies of holies, that we can also hear from God on behalf of our world, starting with you as a person. Oh yes, he gave us prophets, he gave us pastors, he gave us evangelists, he gave us these people, the Bible says, for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry. But he would not do it outside of his word. So anybody that wants to give you prophecy for your life, prophecy, somebody will call you, oh, I dreamt a dream about you. I don't usually dream, but when I dream, my dreams come to pass. Hey, you are first the prophet of your life. Don't receive any prophecy that contradicts the word of God. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you including the dreams that I dream towards you. He said, they are thoughts of good and not of evil. Anybody that comes to give you an evil dream, it is not of God. Use your mouth. You are the prophet of your life. So as much as you follow a man of God, as much as God would certainly give us men of God to guide us through these times, because these are their times, these are wicked times. These are evil times in our world. So many corrupting influences. But understand that there are a lot of lying preachers let loose in our world today. Let the word of God guide you. Let the word of God be your mirror. That is why it is risky in such a time as this not to know the word of God for yourself. Because that's the, if you don't know the original, how do you identify the fake? Has any of you ever been given fake money and then you got to a point of maybe you wanted to pay the money in the bank or you wanted to use the money for something and then they looked at it and then they told you that the money was fake? The reason you, 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 got, you got played and you got fake money was because you did not know the original. When you know the original, you can identify the fake. So if you don't know the word of God, brothers and sisters, when somebody is giving you the fake word of God, when somebody is giving you a false prophecy, you will not know. And this is why personally, I don't joke with these times of devotion. He helps us account and say, ah, praise God, oh, I'm reading the Bible every day. Praise God, oh, I'm hearing the correct word of God. I'm knowing it for myself. It is more of a personal journey. If I show up tomorrow and we are five, I will still be excited that at least for myself, I can learn the word. We are not looking for crowd. We're not doing this because we want to, we, we want to, um, 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 you know, some people just think that, oh, Amarak, 
people have their impressions and opinions about me. I really don't care. But anyone who's been with me knows that there's one thing that is in my mind. I want to do God's will and I want those connected to me to also do God's will. I want to always please God. I want to always ensure that I am in the center of God's perfect will. I don't want to miss my way, not in these last days. I refuse to miss my way. So I am first looking out for myself and holding myself accountable and say, Amara, better behave yourself here. I, see, I talk to myself, I want myself. Oh. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Brother Martins, let's take the Pauline affirmation over to you. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. Stay in the word. Stay in the word and you will never miss your way. Thank you so much, Estinda Mark. Thank you so, so much. Um, this, um, these messages are very timely, very, very timely. And there are some messages that pastor will say, when, when you hear me angry, know that God is really angry. You know, there are some messages that when you hear, you just know that you really need to hear them at this time. You really, really need to hear them. Thank you so very much. Okay, we are taking our affirmation right now. And um, the usual way we will take our affirmation every morning. The affirmation will be on the screen any moment from now. Okay, so we take our first paragraph. You start with my name is, you say your name. And you take the first paragraph, then the next one. I, you say your name, praise the Lord. Okay, so at the count of three, I'll, I'll kindly ask everyone to unmute their mic. At the count of three, we go. One, two, Three, I'm <laughs> <laughs> 
Praise God, hallelujah. We'll now take the communion. And I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Father. Because Jesus came that he might expose the devil for who he is, a deceiver, a swindler, Father, thank you, because even as we break this bread today, if there's anyone in this house who is being deceived by false prophets, who is being guided by false prophecies from any corner, even now that veil is broken and that one will see the devil for who he is or who she is. And we break that relationship collectively as one house. No one in this place anymore will be connected to a false prophet in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the people of God will say, amen. Please break the bread and take it. Verse 25, after the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do shew the Lord's death till he comes. Their father, still on the matter of false prophets, if there's anyone in this place who before now have been imbibed and filled with false doctrines by the cleansing of the blood will cleanse such cogitations, such communications, such mindset, such thoughts, whatever they have imbibed. We affirm that right now as they take this cup, it will be a sweet clean. It will be a clean sweep. Spirit, soul, and body by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of the Lord Jesus. Freedom was what you brought, Jesus Christ, and freedom is what everyone here enjoys. Freedom to be who you have made them. Freedom to have all that you plan for them to have and freedom to do the very things that they have been bettered to do. Not one in this place, not one that fellowships with us will miss their way. Everyone for the first flight, everyone for the first flight, everyone 
no missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. Wholeness till the day of the rapture, perfection till the day of the rapture, and grace walking in all ramifications till the day of the rapture. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen, amen. Don't take the instructions today lightly. And it becomes an eye-opener and a, a, an alert, a red alert. If you come across a false prophet, you will know. And if somebody in your aeon yields himself or herself to become a false prophet, you would know. Do not miss your way. He said, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. That means he's telling you that it is your responsibility to stand. God is not going to make you stand. You choose to stand. God has done everything that he should do. Thank you so much for today's devotion. It's always a beautiful time with everybody here. Every single person. You know, sometimes I just take them and I scroll and I see all the names. I'm like, wow, so good to have you all fellowship together every day. And of course, our co-hosts, you guys are just mind-blowing, super inspiring, and very amazing. Thank you so much. At this point, let's share the benediction as we close. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the love of God. and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with all of us us now and all of us. And surely, Oh, <laughs> <laughs>